We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Very nervous to start today's show. Why? A couple of reasons. Uh, Yesterday, I started the show and Solana jumped all over me because he didn't like my topic. Mm -hmm. And... This morning, uh, I took a Twitter haymaker from Victor Bermudez, who apparently doesn't like this show anymore, or something along those lines. You got on Vic's bad side? I know. So uh, it was funny when Chuck and Jim saw Victor's tweet to me. Um, I got to find the. So he texted me. I said something along the lines of, I'd wipe the floor with Vic. And Chuck said, uh, yes, if he told you to wipe the floor, you would not hesitate. <laughs> I, I'm with Chuck. So I, uh, I got, I'm very nervous. And what, how can I, how should I start the show, Solana? Well, I'm looking at uh, ESPN right now, and they're talking about who has the edge on Sunday, 49ers defense or Jalen Hurts. And I'd like well, to I'm do, just gonna, I'd like I'm to do anything but with- that. I'm just going to start with the line again. Chiefs are minus one right now over the Bengals. How about that? That's interesting. The line has flipped again. The Chiefs are now the favorites over the Bengals. The Bengals are plus one. Because Patrick Mahomes walked out of a press conference yesterday. So do you want me to put it in now, or do you think it might go higher now? Because here's, and again, I know Solana doesn't like this as the opening topic, but I got nothing else planned. So Monday, we started the show. Bengals were getting one. Crowder said, put it in. I didn't. By the end of Monday's show, it was pick them. Then Tuesday, it was Bengals minus one. By yesterday, it was Bengals minus two and a half on the road in KC. It is now KC minus one. Bengals. Do you want to put it in now at one, or do you want to see and wait if it goes up to two? Now, this is the thing. This is an unorthodox bet because it's going off. If Patrick Mahomes limps twice, now it's swinging back. We do have Rob Pizzola joining us on the show today in the 4 o'clock hour, so we can wait and get his opinion if you want. Let's do that. Well, two hours. Two hours to get a professional. I can do two hours. this line could move a lot in the next two hours. I'm telling you, that's what's happened all week. So, (laughs) you know, we we were bummed that we didn't get in at Cincinnati plus one, and now I'm thinking, okay, it's back to Cincinnati plus one. Maybe we should jump on it, but now we're going to get greedy 
and wait for one and a half or two, but maybe it goes back to pick them. I don't know. <laughs> Let's ask Rob. All right, so you want to wait. Let's wait, because we would have waited anyway till closer to game time. So let's let's sacrifice the two All hours right. and get the professional All opinion. Right. Solana, you're down to wait? I'm fine with waiting. My only thing is you guys have been hard-pressed on betting the Bengals, whether they're one-point favorites, whether they're one-point underdogs, and I'm going the other way. I think the oh, Chiefs— Oh, you like KC. I like KC in this game. I'll bet with the you know uh, majority rules So you here. wish we would have put it in a KC plus two and a half? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I'll, I'll bet with the, you know, as we always do with the show, I have no problem with that. I'll ride or die with my guys. But I think everybody right now is high on Burrow, high on the Bengals, and they're forgetting that the Chiefs have been the best team in the NFL for the past four years. All right. We we, we better wait for Pizzolo. Well, until they got the ass whooped last year in the same game by the same team. <laughs> that is true. Exactly, though. Like, that's why that's why I feel even stronger about it. They're going to lose twice hmm. to the Bengals in two seasons. Yeah, they lost three times in the last two years. <laughs> in like in like 380 days, they've ah, lost three times. Forget about it. Come on, put it in, <laughs> Chiefs. I, I don't. I don't know. I, all right, we'll wait for Pizzola, but this line could absolutely change. Um, not only is Rob Pizzola coming on with us today, David Firones covers the Dolphins for the Sun Sentinel. He's going to join us. We'll get the latest on Fangs. Get our Fangs update. Talk a little bit about the Dolphins and the NFL with him. And in the 3 o'clock hour today, if you were listening to yesterday's show, or if you saw my Twitter last night when I tweeted out the footlong hot dog, I said anyone who eats a footlong hot dog at a sporting event is a look at me, Louie. Um, Solana had brought up in one of the stories on the uh, headlines yesterday that the international, what is it, the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council had come out with some rules. One of them is that a hot dog should never take more than five bites to finish. Oh. Anyway, Eric Mittenhall is the president of the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council, and he is going to join us in the 3 o'clock hour. So how about uh, that? This is official because he has the real answers. Yeah, this guy knows. You know, I love talking about food. Sometimes we have uh, George Shea from uh, Major League Eating. Um, so anyway, uh, we will talk with the president of the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. I just saw some breaking news, too. The, uh, all right. Uh, I'll wait. <laughs> we have a long bed for the breaking news. <laughs> it's not going to be breaking when this is over. Carolina Panthers announce former Colts coach Frank Reich as their next head coach. Is there more breaking news or is that just the kicker? Just the kicker. Kind of wrap it all up. All right. We're getting all our sounds in. Frank Reich is the next head coach for the Carolina Panthers. He just failed. He just got fired. This is Adam Gase. What's going I, on? I don't. Oh, did you see who the Jets hired? No, who? Speaking of, uh, when I when I think of Adam Gase, I think of the Jets, which is which is lucky because you could think of the Dolphins. I think of the Jets. Uh, Jets just hired Nathaniel Hackett as their OC. <laughs> Hold on, breaking news: the Jets have hired Nathaniel Hackett as their OC. <laughs> so he couldn't get Russ to play well, but he's going to turn Zach Wilson around. Mm. 
Hmm. What I've read is that they're in the market for Aaron Rodgers. And I guess Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers have a relationship, Solana? They, I think they do, but I also, I've been seeing a lot more traction about Tom Brady going to the New York Jets. Oh, is it Brady? Maybe I got that wrong. I, I've seen, was, uh... I've seen both. I've seen both. Definitely, the the Jets are a landing spot for Aaron Rodgers. A lot of people have that, but I've seen more uh, news about Tom Brady being the next quarterback back to the AFC East. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, a lot of breaking news. Let's get the rest of the headlines because we do have a lot to get to today. Let's get the uh, the headlines with Alejandro Solana, huge Chiefs fan. <laughs> Patty. <laughs> This sports update, it's driven by the new Palmetto Ford Truck Supercenter. Why buy your truck at a car store? Palmetto Ford, we know trucks. Also sponsored by Crowder's friends at Dade County Federal Credit Union. They're offering great rates to lower your car payment. Rates as low as 2.94% APR. Becoming a member is easy. What was that? 294 2.94% APR. I think you said foyer. Becoming a member is easy. Join the credit union today. Visit dcfcu.org slash car. Certain restrictions apply. Offer can change at any time. Federally insured <laughs> by NCUA. Boy, always get, good to get the first one out of the way in the first 10 minutes because now you can just sit back and hunt. <laughs> I don't mind being the first mistake because then I just, oh, I'm hunting all afternoon. <laughs> Be on your game today, bro. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> there was also some other news today regarding a former Miami Dolphins head coach. The Cowboys parted ways with their offensive line coach, Joe Philbin. I don't know if we're doing the breaking news right, but that, of course, was breaking news as well. <laughs> About six hours ago. Yeah. So Philbin, Brady... Head coach changes. Those are all breaking news, huh? Isn't that funny? How about that? Phil, Philbin? Joe Philbin? I didn't, uh, I didn't realize Joe Philbin was with the Cowboys. That would have made uh, Sunday night even funnier, no? Yes, because we knew they were going to mess out of his position. I had no idea. So he's the <laughs> offensive line coach? Is that what you said, Solana? Offensive line coach. So he's the one that had the offensive line lining up on the the right side on the, on the on, like that, that was his play. He, I love that narrative. He put Ezekiel Elliott by himself on the line. <laughs> so he's the one that was responsible for teaching Zeke how to block for the quarterback. <laughs> hey Joe, you got any good plays? You know, last second ditch efforts. <laughs> Let me show you what I got. Because even if he didn't call the play, he still has to be responsible for the line. And the line happened to be Ezekiel Elliott. And I've never seen a line get blown up quite the way that Ezekiel Elliott did. Hey, they worked on that all week, Hawk. Don't you do that to Joe. <laughs> wow. that did. Now it makes a little sense, obviously. <laughs> it reminds me of when Al Golden was with the Lions and we just knew their linebackers were going to be terrible. <laughs> He's a what? Oh, they're going to get run on. Come on. Joe Philbin was a Cowboys coaching staff. Had no idea. They pretty much got rid of like most of their uh, their coaching staff, by the way. I was reading they didn't renew the contracts of their assistant head coach, Rob Davis, their senior defensive assistant, George Edwards, assistant defensive lines coach, Leon Lett, running backs coach, Skip Pete, and uh, – also, quality control analytics, Cal Valero. So, 
Cowboys pretty much cleaning house other than their head coach, Mike McCarthy. George Edwards is a good friend of mine. I got to call him. Somebody, uh, I can't be that good a friend if Solana just told you about him during the headlines. You had no idea. Um, Hell of a point. I'll I'll wait a couple days. Somebody texts in, from now on, out of respect for the sheriff, I will only be calling you your nicknames. What's up, Hawk, Chan, and (laughs) A-Soul? I like that one. Uh, there's really not much else going on. No games tonight. The Heat play the Magic. None yesterday, no tonight. That's yeah. kind of a, it's a nice little break. It is. The Heat play the Magic tomorrow night at 8 p.m. And the Panthers host the LA Kings tomorrow night at 7 p.m. All right. Oh, I think uh, Kane's women's basketball team plays today. How could Let's I forget? Let's go. They host Boston College, Coach Katie Meyer and her squad. 6 p.m. tip-off from the Watsco Center. All right, I like it. There you go. We got some uh, some basketball tonight. And uh, on a more serious note, today marks three years since the death of Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gigi, and that uh, horrific helicopter wow. accident. Three years already? Yeah. Wow. Do you guys remember where we were at, the three of us, when that happened? Well, it happened on a Sunday, but we started Radio Row the next day. That's right. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Um, I was talking about it with my son the other day. My son, when he was in town for uh, Christmas break, we were at Barnes & Noble, and he bought a uh, the Barnes & Noble that Crowder loves. He bought a Kobe yeah. book. He loves Kobe. But I was saying to him, like, we would be watching Kobe three times a week on NBA coverage right now. Like, he, he was going to be such a great basketball analyst because yeah. he knows the game so well, knew the game so well, happened to have a good personality television-wise, like – we would have been watching him, you know, three, four times a week on NBA analysis. I never thought about that. And think about him preparing for a game or letting you know oh, what's about my to happen. God. Oh, they've been going topside to here. And now, oh, now they're going to go, you know, beat, beat up down low. I, I, boy, Hawk, why'd you do that? that like we when, we, when we, we sit here out. and we talk, I mean, like we don't know anything that's going on. We're, we're trying to figure out how, how many votes uh, somebody has for an all-star team. If, they ha- if the coach has to have a certain number of front court, back court. Like Kobe would know everything. Would yeah. Take it, anything he did more seriously than we take it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And wow, all three years. Wouldn't all arguments be finished? Like, right. hey, if he, should, if he ba- makes should, his yeah, yeah, if he makes his opinion known, should Bam be an all star? Yeah, he should. Oh, see, I told you, Kobe said it. <laughs> it'd been in, it'd been in, it'd been in all arguments. Yeah, he was hosting that show Detail on ESPN Plus. I yes. don't know how many of you yes. guys watched it, but basically, uh, they would show film, actual highlights, and he was and like a basketball footage. scientist almost. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, just yeah. could break down something. Like he knew what was going to happen before the players on the court did. That's why, with like what Romo does, I think Kobe would blow our minds. Oh my god, blow our minds! Yep, Romo kind of jumped the shark this season, though, right? Like he went from he got a lot of heat lately, a lot of heat. And you know who's on the come up is Greg Olson. Really? Oh my god, do people love Greg Olson? People are saying that uh, Fox wasted three hundred and seventy-five million dollars on Tom Brady because there is no chance he will ever be as good as Greg Olson is. But Greg Olson failed before. I don't think so. Yeah, they brought Greg up. He like when he first got out playing, 
they brought him up, and then he. Yeah, no, then you know did what? he go back and play? I'm crazy. No, you're I'm, thinking of Jason Witten. Jason I'm Witten. thinking about Witten. Look yeah. at me, yeah. big white yeah, boy. Jason Witten just, was terrible. Yeah. yeah, Witten was terrible. Okay, I got to check out Greg. What are you trying to oh, say, he, Crowder? They're white tight ends. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, Witten was terrible. Yeah, Witten was bad. Yeah. That was Monday Night Football. I think they put Witten on, right? Uh, I think you might be right. <laughs> yeah, he was yes. so bad, they scared him back into the league. That was with the Boogermobile. <laughs> that was that season with the Boogermobile. <laughs> disaster. We're going to put a big-ass black dude 60 feet in the air and bring on <laughs> – on a young dude that's never done before. Go. <laughs> this is the Hawk and Crowder Show. All right, Miami! Hawk and Crowder. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So how about this for uh, It's a Small World? I get a text during the commercial break, Crowder, from Clay Ferrero. From mm-hmm. Channel 10. Eric Mittenthal and I interned together. Great friend. <laughs> it's a small world. So I text Clay back, you interned at the hot dog council? <laughs> <laughs> Remember, Clay used to be heavy. He was trying to do some research. <laughs> Uh, and he says, no, uh, it was at a television station in Norfolk, Virginia. And, uh, That's crazy. I mean, that, that, what are the odds of that? If it's the same Eric Mittenthal. So let's, he's on the Toyota of Hollywood hotline. He is the president of the national hot dog and sausage council. Are you the Eric Mittenthal who's friendly with Clay Ferrero? I am indeed, and Clay just texted me as well and was excited that I'm coming on. So shout out to Clay, and uh, so excited to be on with you guys. What a wild turn of events that is. I like the I like the visual of Clay interning at the hot dog council, though, and then like his friend Eric, you know, just rocket ships all the way up to president, and then Clay is like, well, I got to find something else to do. This isn't working out for me. Um. So the reason, so Solana, our producer, he was doing headlines yesterday, and you obviously don't listen to our show, but uh, the headlines usually involve stuff outside of sports. And I guess the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council came out with uh, some sort of statement or something that a traditional hot dog should be finished in five or less bites. Do I have that correct? That is true, yeah. We have a whole etiquette guide on our website with lots of etiquette rules. And, and so 
after he had shared that story, I went on Twitter and I said, you know, the person who orders the the footlong hot dog at a sporting event, you don't usually see him anywhere other than sporting events. The footlong hot dog guy is kind of a look at me, Louie. Would you agree with that? Because we all know how long a hot dog is supposed to be and how it fits in a bun. And then you get the guy with the foot long and it's drooping off both sides of the bun. And it's it's kind of a look at me move, no? I think the foot long hot dog guy is a champion. I mean, he's the one who can walk around and say, I'm the guy who's going to take down this foot long hot dog. So oh. I think he should be celebrated. Hmm. Yeah, Seahawks, that's what I was saying. It's like it's like a double patty on a hamburger, right, Eric? It's it's more of greatness. Exactly. You know, you, you guys down in South Florida, you, you eat the normal size hot dogs. You know, out in LA at the Dodger dogs, those are foot long hot dogs. They sell the most hot dogs in all of Major League Baseball, more than three million a year. They're all eating foot long hot dogs. So I think you guys gotta catch on to that trend down there. I don't know about that. I, I feel like I've had a Dodger dog in Vero Beach. I feel like it wasn't a foot long. And and what Crowder's saying with I know I'm arguing with the president of hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> president of hot dogs. I'm gonna call you that. Is is the National Hot Dog and Sausage it's, it's, Council it's the hot a, dog top dog? It's is it the is it hot is, dog top dog. <laughs> but is is is, dog, is, is the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council a legit organization? We are the real deal. We've been around since 1994, so coming up on 30 years. Wow. And so do you represent hot dog manufacturers, or you just uh, kind of meander about? I, I'm not trying to be insulting. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, like, if this is like a lobbying organization or if this is something that you just kind of ordained yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, so we represent hot dog manufacturers. Those are our members. All the companies who make the hot dogs that you know and love, uh, we work with every day. And we're actually part of the North American Meat Institute, which represents all the meat companies. And uh, my, my normal day job is chief strategy officer for the Meat Institute, but I also uh, dabble in hot dogs as well as the hot dog top dog. And so uh, that's the fun part of my job. <laughs> and Eric, how did you, what was your, what was your path to becoming president? How did right. you become the hot dog top dog? You know, it takes somebody who loves loves hot dogs and knows how to talk about them. So, you know, going back, I, I, I was a, worked in television just like Clay, and uh, we, we actually worked in the same place in Idaho once upon a time. And I, I did that for a while and, and learned how to, uh, to talk about hot dogs real well. Uh, got a job at the Meat Institute. It was a perfect fit and, and uh, you know, went from there. So, uh, I've been president for uh, going on about eight years now, and uh, it's fun every day. Man, that is uh, that's a dream job. I'm not going to lie. Just got um, two terms, though, Hog. His second term's about to be up, right? I know. So uh, can anyone run for this position? <laughs> can I throw my hat in the ring, or do I have to have some sort of association? You, you, you got to wow the hot dog manufacturers. You know, they, got, they have to, oh, uh, I can wow to, them. To, to crown you. So, <laughs> oh. you know, I... I, I took over for the Queen of Ween, uh, who, who started the Hot Dog and Sausage Council back in 1994. And uh, I, I'm not royalty, but I, I maintain the president uh, honor. All right. The Queen of Ween. I like that. Eric Mittenthal is the president of the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. So from your own website, which you referenced earlier, here are some of the do's and don'ts, Crowder. And, uh, mm -hmm. and Eric, you can comment. Uh, it says, don't, don't put hot dog toppings between the hot dog and the bun. Always dress the dog, not the bun. 
So the bun is sacred, and it's the dog that needs the toppings. It's not necessarily the bun is sacred, but it's it's really a, a it's, it's about the the way the bun handles the condiments. If you put if you dress the bun, that hot dog is going to fall through. The hot dog is the vehicle for the condiments that keeps it all together. All right, fair Ooh. enough. Uh, another don't here, Crowder. Don't use a cloth napkin to wipe your mouth when eating a hot dog. Paper is always preferable. Now, I, I'm with you on that. I, I can't imagine, now maybe because you're, you know, the president, uh, top dog, uh, maybe you will have a hot dog, say, for dinner at home, and maybe you have cloth napkins out or something. I believe hot dogs are meant more on the go, baseball games, uh, Little League, yes. um, uh, along those lines. So is that why, I, I'm guessing you would agree with that, but the, the paper napkin, it's more of a paper napkin kind of food item. If it's a cloth napkin, you're kind of sitting down with a plate and a, it's more formal meal. Exactly. Hot, hot dogs are not a formal food. They're meant to be eaten on the go, outside, uh, so definitely no cloth napkins. Stick to the paper. That's the way to go. Is there a less respected hot dog? Like, I know there's, I went vegan for a while. Are vegan hot dogs just the same as the normal? They have That's the, embarrassing. They have is the, that embarrassing, a vegan hot dog? I was that, eating hot that, dogs, that was, though, Eric. Nah, that wasn't yeah, a hot the, dog. The, the, the vegan's embarrassing. So, so technically, actually, the, the vegan items are not even hot dogs. So by definition, government USDA definition, hot dogs uh, have meat in them. So if you're eating something that does not have meat in it, it's not a hot dog. It is just a hot dog imitation. Oh, meat stick. <laughs> a, a plant. What stick. about there's there there's a there's a lot of rumors. You know, people always anybody that eats a hot dog, if somebody doesn't eat them, they're always like, oh, do you have any idea what you're eating there? There's there's lips. There's talons. Um, it, it can, do you want to dispel Hawk, any of those rumors? Hawk, birds have talons. I can, I, can, I can probably dispel that myth. So that is absolutely not true. Um, a hot dog is made very simply. It's the meat that's cut away from your steaks and roasts. Uh, it's ground up really finely. It's mixed with spices. It's put in the casing and cooked. And so none of those things that uh, the rumors are about uh, make their way in there. Um, if there were things in a hot dog, like organ meat, um, you know, some could contain a liver or something like that, it would say in the ingredients. Um, and, and in certain places, that's a delicacy. I mean, there are parts of the country where, where that's included as, as a, a preferred choice in that area. But the vast majority of hot dogs you get on your store shelves uh, are just made with regular meat that you see elsewhere on the store shelves. And uh, if it had anything else, it would say it right there on the label. Um, so no beaks and no talons, that's what he's saying. Um, what about eating a hot dog at a movie theater? I find that to be odd. I love a hot dog at a cookout, at a baseball game, at a movie theater, and they, they sell them at movie theaters. Uh, I find that to be odd. I love a hot dog at a movie theater. How could you not love a hot dog at a movie theater? You're hanging out, you're watching the movie, enjoy a hot dog. Yeah. Um... I don't know. Maybe maybe I should try that. Nick. I don't know. For what for whatever reason doesn't doesn't jump out to me as like a movie theater food. It's Crowder you eat a hot dog at a movie theater? It's sometimes the only meat option. Actually, usually the only it's nachos and hot dogs and popcorn. 
Right, but I don't, I'm not going to the movie theater to get meat. I'm not, I don't it, like. I don't know. I don't know. It's quick. You, it's uh, just you know. No, I get it. I understand why it's so. I mean, they sell them at gas stations. It's quick, and you can yes. eat it, you know, while you drive. But I don't know. I like it, yeah. Eric. You know what? This, I, I, I thought of something now. At a cookout, is the hamburger and the hot dog are they friends or are they competition? Mm. They're absolutely friends. Have them both. Enjoy them both. We love them both. Uh, it, you know, people try to make a hot dog versus hamburger. No, they they are friends and they should be enjoyed together. Wow! Mm. Now, I did not expect that answer. You know, because uh, there's two Eric, trays. If all the burgers are there and the hot dogs are gone, we kind of know who won. But if there's no competition, there's no winner. Eric Mittenthal is the president of the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. We've had a debate on this show for a while. There are people, and you tell me if you uh, indulge in this or not, there are people who open up a pack of hot dogs, a refrigerated pack of hot dogs, and just eat them right out of the pack because they're already cooked. They're not raw. Most people are just used to having them warm. So uh, how do you uh, stand on that? Yeah, cook your hot dog. <laughs> That's the better okay. way to go. Uh, they are they are cooked, um, but you're you're better off cooking the hot dog. Um, it, it's just the, the the safer way to enjoy it, and so uh, recommend folks cook their hot dogs. Because sure. we've had people uh, text us, you know, they go fishing, and so they take a pack of hot dogs, and they eat it kind of like beef jerky. Now, beef jerky is is, is the way to go if you want you want the raw food. Uh, you cook your hot dogs. All right, that's a definitive answer there, Crowder. <gasps> So yes, you got to stop eating the raw hot dogs. This is all. Another thing came up. Am I disrespecting hot dogs? You bring up fishing, Hawk, because I actually, my secret catfish bait are hot dogs. So everybody else is, you you know, using all this, this stuff from Bass Pro Shop. I grab me a pack of hot dogs and I catch more catfish than everybody. Is that disrespecting the hot dog? It's not the ideal way to use the hot dog. I mean, you should be eating the hot dog yourself. But you know, I, I think I think the fish they, they enjoy them too. And uh, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna gonna be against you using them for fishing, but not the ideal way. Okay. So this is this is gonna shock you, and I know where you stand on this because I've read the do's and don'ts. But I'm from Chicago. I grew up in Chicago. That is hot dog central, and we love you know the neon green relish. But I'm going to make an admission to you. I am 53 years old, and I prefer ketchup on my hot dog over mustard. And I know you have on the don'ts there, don't use ketchup on your hot dog. Um, Why is that a no-no? Well, so you must have been kicked out of the city of Chicago for your ketchup. It's why I had to leave. That is correct. That's what they will do to people. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, ketchup's just not the ideal condiment for hot dogs. It's too sweet. And so it, it just doesn't work as well as the other options that you can put on hot dogs. So for kids, it's okay. They don't have a refined palate. For the adults, it's time to put away the ketchup. And that's our most controversial uh, part of our etiquette guide. Uh, I get a lot of people who are very passionate about the ketchup question, but it's just not the ideal way to enjoy a hot dog. Is there any other condiments that are just no-nos? Because there's some hot dogs out there that are, have crazy stuff on top of me. There are crazy hot dogs out there, but for the most part, what you put on, anything else you put on is, is, is good. And there's a lot of different hot dog varieties around the country that put unusual toppings on there. I mean, you, you find hot dogs with, uh, you know, pulled pork barbecue or mac and cheese. Uh, you have hot dogs out west that have beans and, and mayonnaise on there. So 
Uh, there's a lot of different ways to do it, and, and regionally, uh, those, those tend to be very popular. But, but ketchup, there's no ketchup on a regional hot dog anywhere in the country. Hmm. Wow. Uh, Crowder, did you just refer to him as E? E, yeah, you know I cut people's names short. All right. No, I, I didn't know I'm not the, that. I'm not the first person to call him E, I'm sure. Eric, do people call you E? Every once in a while, but, you know, with the title of Hot Dog Top Dog, I, I really prefer that. <laughs> Okay, sorry, hot dog, top dog. It's a little wordy. It's a little wordy, E. Hey, good to see you, hot dog, top dog. Um, So, anyway, the reason that we had had you on was yesterday's story. So, a hot dog should be eaten in five bites or less, and it says on your do's and don'ts, a foot-long wiener, seven bites is acceptable. That's correct? That is correct, yeah. Enjoy it. You know, it's the perfect amount to... Enjoy it, not not rush it down, but but get through it. And, uh, you know, five is, is ideal for a regular-sized hot dog. Because I, I was making the point yesterday, you go to the, a baseball game, and I'll see someone finish a hot dog in two bites. Because it's possible, like, you can easily eat a hot dog in two bites. And I was saying to Crowder and Solana yesterday, well, that person's not enjoying the hot dog. It's too fast. They're not really, they're not getting the enjoyment. But you've seen that, I'm sure, right? People just eat it in two bites. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen people eat it in two bites. Uh, that's it's too too few bites, and uh, you know we also don't want people to choke. You know, it take take takes a few bites to the hot dog, and, uh, and and you know five five bites is a good amount to finish it. How how do you feel about the hot dog eating contest on Coney Island? I mean, we have the president of Major League Eating on with us occasionally. Does that offend your sensibilities, or hey, we sell a lot of hot dogs? We sell a lot of hot dogs. It is a wonderful <laughs> celebration of American culture, and Joey Chestnut is a true American hero. Well, you sound like George Shea, <laughs> just the way that he talks. He sounds like <laughs> What's your take on the corn dog? Because it actually is not a bun. Is that, uh, uh, is that okay? Wow, great question. Oh, yeah, corn dogs are great. Yeah, it's uh, meat on a stick. You can't go wrong with meat on a stick. Hmm. Okay. Hey, so cocktail, cocktail Franks, E. All good. Love a cocktail, Frank. Okay. Solana, what are some of the most popular uh, foods on a stick? Well, this is pretty interesting, <laughs> Mr. President. <laughs> and what an honor, I'd have to say, to uh, to speak with the hot dog top dog. Yeah, you know what? I, Solana's right here. I don't think we've given E the, the proper respect. And Solana's right there to say, hey, this is an honor to speak with you. That, you know what? My mistake there. Go, go, continue on, Solana. So uh, just uh, going here through my foods on a stick list, Mr. President, um, a corn dog certainly would be one. But, you know, enough with meat on a stick. It's just a corn dog. You know, it, I, I don't like when people refer to it as meat on a stick. Let's just call it what it is. It's a corn dog. I'm good with that. I don't know what what happened there either. E, E, I don't know what happened there either. You caught him not paying attention. (laughs) I know. Well, no, but I wanted him to do his old bit, but he wasn't prepared for it. But it was, nor should he have been, because I didn't know it was going to go to on a stick. So, my bad, Solana. Do you have anything else to. (laughs) I'm struggling to find the stupid list here, and I'm. I'm, Really? We couldn't tell. I'm rambling. You know, I do have one question, though, Mr. President, because. you're, according to your etiquette rules, um... I'll tell you what makes Solana funny is that he couldn't find the list of his old foods on a stick, so he just tried to insult the guests. <laughs> like, that was his default, was, what? it's enough with the, 
<laughs> meat on a stick. I don't even know what the argument was, but he just wanted to insult them somehow. A, a, a serious, a serious question. Uh, you, you say five bites or less to eat a traditional hot dog, which I assume would be around six inches. But if a foot long is just two regular hot dogs together, why is it only two extra bites to finish off the next six inches? That just seems a little, uh, I don't know, a little unfair to me. You know, if you're if you're going all in for that foot long, you, you got to go all in bite wise too. So you know, it, it, it's just the 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 way of, of the, the commitment that you're making. Uh, you got to make the commitment in the way you're eating it too. Well, I think he put you in your place there, Solana. I think he did. No, I think that that was an excellent answer. <laughs> that was fun. I had the time of my life, Eric. This was great, and the fact that you interned with Clay Ferrero made this all the more special. <laughs> I, I just wonder if Clay is listening to this and thinking to himself. Thank God I got away from him because I could have ended up on the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. Or if Clay is like, damn, he did it the right way. Look at me. You know, I'm out here covering a Panthers game tomorrow night. I don't know which one it is. Clay is excellent at what he does, but he should absolutely be jealous. Yeah, I think he might be a little bit. Eric Mittenthal, president of the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. This was a genuine treat. Uh, Thank you, Eric. Treat for me as well. Thank you for having me on. That was fun, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how is he friends with Clay? That's, that's the weird. smallest coincidence. Like, that's wild to me. And did he say they interned together in Idaho? Yeah. That, oh, no, they worked together, I think. What? They worked at a TV station together in Idaho. That, Idaho. <laughs> to like, South what are the Florida. odds of that? That's crazy. Salon, I'm sorry about the list, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just scanning food on a stick list i haven't saved like it was like i i well i just thought you were immediately gonna say corn dogs one all other foods on a stick of two i wasn't looking for the real list i was just looking for the punchline of all other foods which, on a stick which but, i i was prepared for but when i tell you you threw to me and i couldn't think of one food on a stick other than corn dogs i blanked it was so funny. I felt like the moment I did it and I heard Solana start to stumble, I, I, I was like, oh, my God, I am on a boat, and I just pushed my friend who can't swim into the water as a joke. And I don't even have a life raft. And, like, and as he's drowning, I'm like, it was funny, though, right? <laughs> Uh, that was funny. But it was funny that Solana immediately just took a swing. That, that swing was weird. Solana, that was weird. Why did anger, why did your default go to anger? He goes, hey, it's enough already. <laughs> like, to be honest, <laughs> like, what did that guy do to you? Goodness gracious. <laughs> but I, I complimented him. I was calling him Mr. President. <laughs> that was such a funny default to me. He was caught in the air. So he's like, all right, shove it up your A with your, with your meat on the stick, jackass. The anger button was so quick. Goodness. I know, I know. It was so funny to me. <laughs> he was the guy that was drowning and pulled the other guys down with him. He's the guy off Titanic that dunked Rose's head under the water because he was trying to get up. That was great. You're listening to the Hawk and Crowder Show. Final meal ever? 
I think I'm getting a double cheeseburger, ketchup and onions from Wendy's. I'm going to kick you in your leg. Hawk and Crowder. What a delight that was. <laughs> it was funny. I'm reading some of the texts on the Kendall Toyota text line. You can always text the show. 305-567-0560. Somebody says, that interview with Hot Dog Top Dog will go in the best of. Got me cracking up at work. I agree. This one I love. Hold on. Started listening in the middle of the interview. I heard Mr. President, and I'm like, wow, is Trump or Biden or Obama on with them? Then I hear it's the Hot Dog Association. Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sorry. Someone uh, texted in, is a hot dog a sandwich? How did we not ask him that? He actually, didn't he have it on his, um, his email <laughs> response? <laughs> That's yeah. on an automatic email response, right, Solana? When I first sent him the email, I got an automated response that said he's away from his office until next week. And if you're asking if a hot dog is a sandwich, the answer is no. Somebody else had texted in, we should ask him if it's proper to cut a hot dog in half. Kind of oh. goes along with what we talk about on the show. Somebody else texts in, next week is February. You know what we want to hear. Oh, you'll hear it. (laughs) I've been planning it for weeks. (laughs) Just wait till February. Aren't we kind of done with that? No, not not at all. It's been four years. We're just getting started. Let's move on. (laughs) 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 It's in its its infancy right now, Solano. We are just getting started. (laughs) I want to talk about beating a dead horse. I want want that to be the epitaph on my my headstone. (laughs) Couldn't let go of February. (laughs) Um, All right, that was fun. I mean, we've put together a fun couple of hours here. Next couple of hours will be great as well. So in the 4 o'clock hour, Rob Pizzola is going to join us from Canada. He will give us some picks for the conference championship games on Sunday, we'll get 15 minutes of heat as well in the next segment, along with headlines. So do not go anywhere. Four o'clock hour is next. Coming up next on the Hawk and Crowder Show. Bloomin' Onion. Now that rhymes. Hawk and Crowder. Rob Pizzola is a professional sports gambler from Canada. Comes on with us every week. You can follow him on Twitter at Rob Pizzola. He comes to us courtesy of BetStamp. BetStamp compares odds at dozens of sports books and automatically shows you where to bet so that you can get the best odds and save money. So download the BetStamp app today. And then, of course, I always remind you, Rob also has the Hammer Betting Network. You can follow them on Twitter at TheHammerHQ or you could visit the website TheHammer.Bet. Hello, Rob. Hello, Mark. You were four and two on this show last week, but you had two of what I consider to be the greatest uh, handicapping wins in show history. You told us Kansas City first half minus five and a half, and the way that you handicapped it was spot on, even with Chad Henney coming in for the longest touchdown drive in uh, in Chiefs history. But the way that you handicapped that first half was perfect. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I was uh, – I, I may have thrown a thing or two in my office when I saw Mahomes get injured and Henny come in because I had a considerable bet on uh, the Chiefs. But, yeah, that was pretty incredible. 98-yard touchdown drive, 
the last thing you'd expect. Sometimes you just need to be lucky in sports betting. So um, I was, you know, I was really happy with the way that game that worked out, the way that game worked out, because obviously anyone who had taken the Chiefs for the full game uh, would have got backdoored there at the end. So, uh, yeah, appreciate that, Mark. And 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 the, the second part of that, the second thing that was so perfectly handicapped was the teaser. Because you talk about mm-hmm. Kansas City, if you had them for the whole game, but if you teased them down, as Rob suggested, you won the teaser. So, I mean, that that was – I mean, you 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 – you seemed like a sports gambling expert based on uh, that game. Yeah, I did. And then the Cowboys played the 49ers on Sunday. And uh, <laughs> I, you, I wouldn't have seemed like, I, I think I started 4-0 and and then finished with 0-2 in that game. But, I mean, uh, I'll take a 4-2. and I, I'll take that any day of the week. I know that's probably, Mark, you wouldn't take that because I'm sure you just threw all six of those into a parlay and it, and it lost. <laughs> Um, that's what I, you know, but I'll take right. four. Well, if you want to, if you want to play that way, you did not start two and zero. You started zero and one because you told us to take the Montreal Canadiens at plus two hundred over the Panthers. Oh, true. They they got smoked in that game too. That was not close. Yeah, so, all right. I mean, well, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, were you aware that Frank Reich played in the NFL before he coached in the NFL? Um. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. We just learned. We just learned that. Yeah. Do you know what he's known for? I mean, I don't know what Frank Reich is particularly known for. I, I mean, in the past, it would have been, I guess, like his work with other quarterbacks and and you know, bringing quarterbacks to um, at, like be good, solid quarterbacks. But if, there's probably something outside of this that I'm completely it's, missing. The, the everybody's texting in the greatest comeback in NFL history. Oh, but like, yes. All right. Yes. Yeah. He is uh, known for, like, he, he went to college at Miami. Did he not? No, he beat Miami at Maryland. Ah, right, right. Okay. That's, that's that. So that's the biggest comeback there. Yes. There was like a, that? that was like the 31, nothing halftime game. Correct. Yeah. Do you know that? Do you know that Crowder? No, we don't know any of this stuff. But no, we did this, interview. We did. We. You know who we interviewed in the three o'clock hour, Rob, which was really more our speed for this show, as as, as you might know. You don't listen to us online, do you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I I can't <laughs> say that I do. Well, in the three o'clock hour, you missed Eric Mittenthal, the president of the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. Hmm. That's any anything interesting that I, that I missed there that I like a takeaway that I can use for the the hot dog competition this year or something? Nah. <laughs> well, I'll be sure to go back and listen, Mark. You really said that one well for me. We learned a lot. That's funny. All okay. right, let's talk about the conference championship games with Rob Pizzola. Again, you can go to uh, follow him on Twitter, at Rob Pizzola. So, um, Bengals and Chiefs, this has been fascinating. I have been fascinated by the line because we got on the air Monday, and I said the uh, the Bengals are getting one in Kansas City. And Crowder said to me, put the bet in. And I never bet a Sunday game on Monday just for whatever reason. 
And then all of a sudden, by the end of the show Monday, it was pick them or even Bengals minus a half. And then all of a sudden, you get to yesterday, and it's Bengals minus two and a half. And now today, it's back to Kansas City minus one. So what is going on here, and what side do you have? So this is a lot to do with speculation on Patrick Mahomes. And early on in the week, um, obviously the prognosis didn't look good. High ankle sprain, there's potential that he could not play the game, so on and so forth. So all the early money comes in on Cincinnati because the expectation is that Patrick Mahomes is going to be hobbled. As the week has gone on, there was one large betting group that does sell picks that tends to move the market. They're called Right Angle Sports. They released the Kansas City Chiefs plus 2.5 as a bet. So that brought a little bit of Chiefs money in. And then we saw Patrick Mahomes practice in full yesterday. He walked up to the podium without a walking boot on. Everyone was examining you know, the way he was walking. Seemed like it was okay. You get more Chiefs money uh, in terms of the speculation on whether or not Mahomes is going to be fine. Personally, this is the exact type of game that I hate to bet on. Because I have no idea how Patrick Mahomes' ankle injury is going to hold up this week i will say this if it doesn't hold up if i'm watching this game first series and he's hobbling to even hand the ball off like he was last week i won't be able to live bet cincinnati quick enough in that spot because the one thing about mahomes this year is he can definitely throw from the pocket he's been you know he's a great quarterback all around but what people fail to realize is that he turns a lot of pressured dropbacks into significant plays if you look at this season only 11 percent of the times he's been pressured this year have resulted in sacks that's the lowest pressure to sack rate in the entire league and if he loses that ability to avoid sacks when he's pressured i think this is a real problem i think there's a scenario here where the bengals can do something similar to what they did with the chiefs in a previous matchup rush three pretty heavily contain mahomes in the pocket make him throw and try to beat eight in the in coverage, mix in some blitzes here and there. And I think that's a path to success for the Bengals. On the other side of things, a lot of people are very fixated on the Cincinnati offensive line. I've heard some arguments about how Buffalo wasn't able to generate a pass rush last week because the field had snow all over it. It's harder you know, for, for these pass rushers to get home in slippery conditions and that the Chiefs' defensive line is going to get a lot more pressure on Joe Burrow this week, it's possible that they can. They have some very good players on the defensive line, including Chris Jones, probably one of the most underrated players in the league. But the thing about the Bengals in the second half of the year is they've really prioritized getting the ball out of Burrow's hands quickly. And this is how they basically dissected the Bills' defense last week. Six or seven yards at a time, they take what was given to them, Joe Burrow has the second fastest time to throw in the entire league, 2.4 seconds. And if you look at the Chiefs' defense this year, they've struggled against this type of quarterback all season long. They're 20th in success rate against quarterbacks who get rid of the ball in two and a half seconds or less. I do think that ultimately the Bengals will still move the ball. The challenge for me here is that December 4th, these teams played. Kansas City was on the road at Cincinnati. Kansas City was a two and a half point favorite in that game on the road at Cincinnati. And now they're a one point favorite at home. If Mahomes is fine and the ankle's not a problem, this is one of the most valuable bets you'll probably ever make in your life on Kansas City at home. That's my issue. I think the matchup favors the Bengals, 
but we've gone so far here now because of the, the ankle injury that I have no idea what to do. So this is a very long-winded way for me to say that I have not placed a bet on this game. I probably will not place a bet on this game prior to the start, but I'm going to be watching very carefully for Mahomes' first couple dropbacks and see how that ankle looks, and I will look to get involved in this game one way or another depending on his ankle injury situation. Now, because um, we, you know, we wanted to bet the Bengals at the beginning of the week, and then when it got to Kansas City getting two and a half points at home, I was very tempted just to jump on it, ankle or not, to get KC at home in a conference championship game. So, is is there a point spread that it could get to where you would have to give yourself action before the game? So here's, I think the most likely scenario for me at this point is that. Maybe we get another situation where today and tomorrow, Patrick Mahomes practices in full. He looks fine. Sunday, he takes the field in pregame, and he's throwing. He's dropping back to throw. Everything looks fine. I think if that happens, there's going to be Kansas City money that comes in on Sunday before the game. And maybe this gets out to two and a half. Maybe it gets out to three, and you see a bunch of late Kansas City money. If that happens, I would bet the Bengals at plus three. I'm not saying it's likely, but I, I can see that case being made where the, the, the limits are highest on Sunday in the NFL. Lots of pro bettors, people who bet way, way more than I do, are waiting for Sunday to bet because they can get the most amount of money down. In a situation where Mahomes looks good in that pregame warm-up, I could see a ton of money coming in on Kansas City. So my my thoughts now are like we're in this dead area probably until Sunday, but if the Chiefs take this late money, then I'll bet the Bengals right before kickoff. All right. How about the uh, the late game? It's the 49ers at Philadelphia. I like the Eagles again this week. Um, you know, just from like a pure power rating standpoint, there's not a lot separating these two teams in the market. Philly's probably just a slightly better team overall. Uh, you give them home field advantage, which is worse than Philadelphia in the playoffs, roughly two points or so. You see why the spread is two and a half. I just really like the matchup for the Eagles. So a couple big reasons why. The 49ers have been very vulnerable against quarterback runs this year. Um, when a opposing quarterback has scrambled the ball, or, or, or scrambled in particular, like any sort of scenario, turned it into a run, the 49ers defense is 26th in success rate at defending those scrambles. They've really struggled. Go back to earlier in the year when they faced Marcus Mariota. They really struggled to contain him in the pocket in that game. We ultimately know Mariota didn't have a good season. So I like Jalen Hurts' opportunity here to be able to do something with his legs. On the outside, the 49ers do not have the second corner. Like they have Trevarius Ward and then they have Diamador Lenoir, who is going to have to cover one of A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. And that's a huge mismatch. And unlike the Cowboys coaching staff last week, Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, these guys, I mean, I don't know who came up with the game plan last week, but they decided they were just going to hand off to Zeke and against the best running defense in the entire league. And that didn't work. Like, that hasn't worked on San Fran all year. The Eagles have been able to exploit other teams' weaknesses this year. They have a great offensive line which can mitigate a lot of that pressure that the 49ers defensive front has. So I think the Eagles are going to score on the other side of the ball. I love the Eagles defensive line. Like this is a team that's built so strong in the trenches. They can rotate guys in and out. Like they have seven, eight quality 
defensive linemen that they shuffle in and out. They keep them fresh. They produce the second highest pressure rate in the league without blitzing this season, which is extremely important. I could see this being a Brock Purdy deer in the headlights type of game if the Eagles can get that type of pressure. And on top of that, the one thing that the 49ers have consistently done under Kyle Shanahan is they run the most in-breaking routes in the entire NFL. Five seasons straight, they run more in-breaking routes than any other team. They love these things over the middle of the field, get the ball into these receivers' hands on these crossing routes, and let them do damage. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, even George Kittle. And the Eagles defend that very well. No team in the NFL has has allowed less yards after catch on in-breaking routes than the Philadelphia Eagles. They give up two yards per catch, uh, yards after catch, excuse me, per reception on in-breaking routes. And that's because they have very good cornerbacks. James Bradbury, Darius Slay, Avante Maddox is healthy there now. They, they have the weapons, uh, the corners, that can slow down what San Francisco does best. So I don't think this is a good matchup for the 49ers. I think the 49ers are a great team. They could definitely win the game. They're, you know, but I, I do believe in styles make fights in the NFL, and I think this one really favors the Eagles. So I think two and a half is a short price. I bet anything up until minus three. You want to get in on that two and a half now. Uh, I like Philadelphia quite a bit this weekend. All right, so we should put because we like Philadelphia as well. We should put yeah. that in now. You think it's going up? Well, you, you don't have so I, I just this is like risk versus reward, right? Like if you if you wait on this bet and it goes to three, you you've now cost yourself the three winning on the three, which is the most likely scenario for this game. Philadelphia by three. If you bet it now and there's some San Francisco money and it goes down to two or one and a half, you're not holding that bad of a number at that right. point. So my opinion, right. it, it's just one of those things where if, if you wait it out, I think you're only doing yourself a disservice if you like to Yeah, that makes sense. And I've been That's waiting cool. for that Brock Purdy deer in the headlights game since he came in against the Dolphins, and it hasn't shown up yet, <laughs> but I'm convinced it's going to show up this Sunday. Uh, Rob you Pizzola. Know what? Sorry, 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 Mark. Yeah, go ahead. It could have happened last week. The 49ers offense was not clicking last week. That was the first time that the 49ers faced a defense with Brock Purdy that had a a good pass rush, like a well above average pass rush. And we saw that 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 can do some damage. And the Eagles defense is better than the Cowboys overall, at least in my opinion. They don't have the they don't have issues at cornerback like the Cowboys did. So this is the toughest test he has faced. And it's in an environment where, yes, he won at Seattle earlier this year. You know, he's played road games, but this is just different. Like a seventh-round rookie quarterback playing in Philadelphia in a playoff game with those fans, like I I just – I've actually made a bet, just a very small wager on Brock Purdy over two-and-a-half interceptions at 15-to-1 in this game. Um, I I feel like this is – this could be that game that I've been waiting for. It might not be. He just might be the next Tom Brady. Who knows? But I feel like that game's <laughs> right. coming. Yeah, I've, I have felt like that game's coming uh, for the entire uh, time since he came in, and it hasn't. Um, they, I have to read you guys th- these texts. My right hand to God, these texts are back to back. First one, you guys are awesome. I've been having a really bad week. 
I think the only time I've smiled all week is during your show. Thank you for all, your, all you do. Appreciate you guys. The very next text, no one is laughing at this dumb bleep. I like the first one. Well, That's how you make the market, right, uh, Rob? There's got to yep. be a buyer and a seller to make a market. Well, true. I mean, you, te- you typically, if you're in the business of uh, radio programming, want a lot more buyers than sellers. Um, <laughs> nah, you know, I just like making the not, market. I like having an equal amount of buyers. It's not a traditional sports betting market or stock market or anything. <laughs> you, you probably want to retain as many of the listeners as possible. Nah, not interested anymore. Maybe when I was younger. <laughs> not, not, not so much anymore. Good advice. Good advice, Rob. He's, he's crazy. Well, I mean, Panthers. Crowder, you just signed a, you, Crowder just signed a new deal anyways. At this point, you know, as long as he put pen to paper, you can have as right. many sellers as he wants. Who well, really yeah, cares go. at this point? <laughs> the, the Florida, Florida Panthers, uh, they put it together, Rob. Like, and, and you know, they lost at Pittsburgh uh, Tuesday night, but they still got a point out of it. And uh, I, I, I think uh, they're they're looking a, they're looking as good as they have all season. Definitely can say that. Uh, I mean, obviously the defense is still an issue. Like, you score six goals in a game, you probably shouldn't be losing that game altogether. I'm just going to give you a quick probability of what I have for the Florida Panthers to make the playoffs. I have them up to 31% right now. So you're right, Mark. They've uh, they went from 20% to 31% over the course of a week. Uh, I mean, they still have the talent to do it. I mean, it can happen. I, I don't trust the coaching. I don't trust the goaltending. I think those are two integral parts of a hockey team. But team has the pedigree. They were there last year. So, so maybe this is the turning point for them. Yeah, because all I mean, you just need them to sneak into the playoffs at this point. I mean, um, and like you said, they do have the pedigree. Although I don't know, you know, Sergey Bobrovsky's been out, and um, Spencer Knight was was out. It's been this Alex Lyon the last few games. Although I'm yep. guessing tomorrow it'll be Spencer Knight against the Kings, but I'm not even certain. Um, but they have looked uh, they have looked better, and we're getting excited. You know, the All Star uh, game is here in uh, in South Florida next uh, next week. I do know that. Yes. Uh, I was Have trying, you thought you know, about I was coming down? consider making a trip. I was considering it, but it's so hard for me to get away during football season. It's, it would just be logistically. I don't think I can swing it, but I, I did consider it. How, mu- how much research do you do on say a given game? I mean, do you research for hours during the day? I do zero research on NHL games. No, no, no. Zero. I meant for football. So, oh, for football is a little bit different. So football, um, the starting point for me is I have a, a model, an automated model that's going to spit out a number on every single game. Um, I do have to keep in tune with what's going on in the league, player injuries, so on and so forth, and update rosters and so on and so forth. So I, I do have to have my foot like on the pulse of, um, my hand on the pulse of, of, everything that's going on in the league. So I have tons of notifications set. I have tweet deck up with uh, different NFL beat writers, so on and so forth. I'm not so much handicapping the games uh, where it's more so just having access to information in real time is extremely important. You're looking for an edge. You're just always looking for an edge. Yeah. So for sure, like we see this in the NFL at at times, but injury information is going to move the market. If I wait to bet that, well, I'm going to have to bet it at a worse number. So if I see something come across my feed 
of this player went into concussion protocol and I know that they're valuable and worth something, I'm going to go out and make a bet every, uh, every time. So for me, I trust in my numbers that I make on games. But what I think is extremely important and when you're betting professionally is the ability to, to get bets in at the right time, to time the market is what I call it. So that's, that's why I have to be around during the day and I'm addicted to my phone and my computer during football season because uh, being away, I mean, you could be missing bets at that time, and that's that affects my livelihood. Gotcha. Rob Pizzola. Follow him on Twitter, at Rob Pizzola. It's fascinating stuff because we put so little effort into it. I'm talking about the radio show. But gambling as well. Uh, there you go, Rob Pizzola. Thank you as always, Rob. All right, guys. Good luck with your bets this week. Thank you, man. Uh, that's fun. Um, all right. <laughs> what? No, we're not going to listen. I, you know, I, whatever. No, we should put the Eagles bet in now, though. That makes sense, though. Because what's the yeah, difference Niners. if you have it at two and a half or two? But it does make a difference if you have it at three or two and a half. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. You're listening to the Hawk and Crowder Show. Everything's better with bacon. Hawk and Crowder. All right, here we go. Five o'clock hour is the Funky Buddha happy hour. Brought to you by our friends at Funky Buddha Brewery. Good vibes on tap. I mentioned uh, at the top of the 4 o'clock hour, all these different all-star festivities that will be going on next week. Um, Don't forget, next week, next Saturday, Maple Bacon Coffee Porter Festival. (sighs) It's a countdown, baby. And that is at the uh, Funky Buddha Tap Room in Oakland Park. And I've mentioned you and I were going to do the show next Friday live at FLA Live Arena. And that's brought to you by our friends at Funky Buddha Brewery and the Maple Bacon Coffee Porter Festival. So check out maplebaconcoffeeporter.com. You get all the details right there. Let us begin the 5 o'clock Funky Buddha Happy Hour with headlines and Alejandro Solana. Thanks, Hawk. You're welcome. They're driven by the new Palmetto Ford Truck Super Center. Why buy your truck at a car store? Palmetto Ford, we know trucks. I will start with the only action in South Florida tonight. It is at Canes at Women's Basketball. They host Boston College, 6 p.m. tip-off, so less than an hour away at the Watsco Center. All right, very good. I don't understand. You think this is intentional? Um, and you've got FAU basketball tonight, by the way, number 21 in the nation, FAU. Um, you think it's intentional? Like, how does it work out? The Heat and the, and the Panthers, they both play on Tuesday, and then neither of them play Wednesday or Thursday, and then they both end up playing on Friday again. Like, why, why does that happen? I don't know. I think we've talked about this in the past where the team should to talk before schedule right I, I don't well I mean it's the leagues that make the schedule but I don't I don't yeah. like why like we, we went two two nights without Panthers or heat well, they, well why, why 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 do they get me on the same night I don't know and it, it hurt they gotta hurt their viewing and all because there's you I have to make a decision so. yeah, yeah you have to so. you have to I, we yeah. know we have to make decisions all the time I guess you could just chalk it up to the scheduling gods huh okay I don't think they're gods I think they're guys sitting at computers well, remains to be seen. No, I think I'm right. 
the Heat, they'll play the Magic tomorrow, 8 p.m. Uh, good news regarding the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler, he said today at practice that he will play tomorrow night. All right, very good. Remember that story we talked about yesterday, the young man who was let down, and the Heat made it up in a big way, gave him the locker room tour yesterday. And Jimmy Butler posted pictures. He took that family to dinner last night in Miami Beach. He did? He did. I love that guy. He is great. I have to tell you, there are some athletes. Chad uh, Ochocinco is one of them. Crowder is another. Crowder will literally meet someone and end up fishing with them two weekends later. <laughs> yeah. um, and it, like, like, I mean, I dread stuff like that. And it's on such a smaller level, but like someone will be, oh, I want to meet you at the Panthers game. And, and, and I'm just like, oh, two minutes of my time. I don't want to meet someone. <laughs> and Crowder will talk with anyone. He ends up fishing with them. Jimmy Butler, like he's taking the family to dinner. All of a sudden they're in from Argentina. And Chad Ochocinco, I mean, he's amazing because he's like, oh, I'm in Tampa. Anybody want to have breakfast? <laughs> yeah, wild. yeah. It's it's really, it, and that's kind of the, the thing I say, the phrase I say, because people are almost taken back by that too. They're like, yeah, man, we love to fish. My dad has a boat. I was like, when y'all going out? Call me. I'll meet y'all at the dock. And they're like, really? I'm like, bro, when you stopped growing, I just kept growing. When you, when you, when your speed, your peak speeds, you stop right. getting faster. I kept getting faster, but like, yeah, man, like I get upset. I, you know, I cry right. when I'm other, hungry. Other I than eat. that, I'm just a guy that wants to go fishing too. It it's the same yeah. thing. Like it's yeah. the fun. And same thing with Ocho Cinco. Who wants to sit and eat by themselves? Nobody. Hey, me. come eat with me. me. I do. I do. No, he's, and Ocho's <laughs> fine. I've seen Ocho give like a, um, the valet guy like $600 and the valet was 20 bucks. Oh, he's amazing. Like Chad Ochocinco, what he tips on just a normal, you know, breakfast at a diner. I mean, he he is just phenomenal. Yeah, the hookah man. <laughs> I was like, Chad, the, the hookah was 40 bucks. Why the hell you get this guy all this money? He good. He good. He, he needs it more than me. Yeah, he probably does, but a lot of people do. I'll shoot him a 20. I think that's pretty good. That's a 50% tip. Him, he gives him a thousand. Yeah. Shaq, well, that's financially sound. Shaq does cool stuff like that too. Yes. Remember the yes. uh, the kid at the like at a jewelry store, and he, he bought does it his every day though. Shaquille O'Neal, I don't know if you if you talked to him about the pivot on there, but he does something like that every single day. Yeah, no, he he's he it kind of the same concept because he's just like, you know how how I don't know what you know too much money is, but he was like, right. I have a lot. Why wouldn't I spread it? You know, spread right. it out to people that need it, and he does it. I don't, you know, another, I don't know. Uh, I think I might be more Ocho Cinco, Chad. I mean, Shaq. If like if I had a hundred million dollars, I don't know. I don't know how much money I'd give away to people. I'm, uh, you know, we had once on the show with us Horace Grant, who played for the Bulls during the MJ era, and Horace Grant told us he tries to pay the entire restaurant's dinner at least once a week. So, like, if you're having dinner at a restaurant and Horace Grant is in there. He will buy dinner for the entire restaurant. He said he tries to do that at least once a week. The general. I've done it. I do that when Horace I see a sink. That's his name? That's his nickname, the general. Horace Grant? Yeah. Hmm. When I see a single mom with multiple kids, I'll try to pay for a meal, but I tell the damn waiter, don't tell her who's paying. Like, just have it be like a little, little secret angel. 
Nan damn waiter listens. They always point right over to me. Him. Now I got to go talk. I, I, no, I like I, to do that as well, but I do it for the credit. I would I say, yeah. make sure you point at me and then stand behind me with a sign that says this guy. I used to, I used to always do it at the Chili's down the street from the station, <laughs> the old station. Horace Grant is the general? I thought it'd be Goggles, but according to uh, his Wikipedia, he is the general. Huh. So like General Grant? That makes sense. Does yeah. make sense. Rest in peace at Chili's, by the way. I think they shut it down. Mm-hmm. They should have. Yeah. <laughs> they should have. It was loss of options. You think about it. There's no other sit-down restaurants within miles of that place. <laughs> there's that little diner on the corner. I'm fine, thank you. Yeah. I just... <laughs> By the way, the Panthers, when they host the Kings tomorrow night, Hawk, you were mentioning uh, um, to Rob Pizzoli, not sure who will be in goal. I was just reading a couple minutes ago that – um, Paul Maurice has not made a, deci- a decision yet on who will start a tomorrow. A decision either, right? Okay, okay. A, uh, <laughs> he has not made a decision on who will start tomorrow. Or a tomorrow. decision, yeah. Okay. They play, they play a night or? <laughs> no, it's a day decision. Oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. Um, <laughs> a bit of NFL news from earlier today. A couple stories <laughs> across the NFL. Frank Reich, who apparently is uh, a Hall of Famer or something like I that. Mean, I mean, do you know, do you, when I say inundated with tweets and text, have you seen all these tweets that are, I mean, you're tagged on some of these. Someone tweeted at me, Frank Reich holds the NFL record and the college record for largest comeback in history, 1993 wild card game against the Houston Oilers. And in college, he led Maryland over Miami after Miami was up 31-0 at halftime. Somebody tweets at me, how has Crowder not heard of Frank Reich? He holds the record for the largest comeback in NCAA and NFL history. It is, I'm telling you, oh, here's a text on the text machine. Ocho Cinco tipped my son $3,000 at Earl's on a $200 tab. Damn, that's wow. cool. Dadeland Mall. Yes. Somebody, I- uh, somebody texts in, Ocho Cinco, always welcome here at Toro Toro. No Toro Toro waiter listening. Yeah. No, you know what? The thing with Frank Reich, I don't even. It's Frank Reich. Yeah. Reich. A lot of people assume that ball players love the sport and the history of it. There are more ball players that don't know a damn about the history of the sport they play in. They just enjoyed playing the sport. But if he's got the record for largest comeback in NFL and NCAA football history, well, I don't know. I, we should probably know that. I don't know. Like, if thinking right now about records, if I just know flat out records of all time, I know what Brady has the Super Bowl ring record. That's it. What Brady has touchdowns per season, or then Peyton beat him with fifty five. Like, I don't. I you know, I don't know any of that stuff. The game I played my whole life, I can't name the records of all time. I I would guarantee if you have a fan, a group of fans, and a group of athletes, and they go in some damn trivia, that fans will win ten out of ten times. That's true. Not this fan though. (laughs) Win. We have a sports adjacent talk show. <laughs> it is adjacent. Wait till you hear what we have for you next segment. <laughs> um, so the Jets, they're hiring Nathaniel Hackett as the new offensive coordinator for their football team. All right. 
And the Cowboys, they parted ways with Joe Philbin, who apparently was their offensive line coach. <laughs> we learned that today, too. Hmm. All right, let's get to some silly stuff here. A poll asked how people like their fries, and they asked specifically about McDonald's fries, but mm-hmm. this could probably be applied across the board. Um, so 49% of people say they eat them just as they are without any dipping. No sauces. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. No. It's very if there's something, some condiment available, it is very difficult to have anything dry. You know what I mean? Like a chicken yeah. tender. If there's something there, barbecue sauce, honey mustard, or even ketchup. Like if there's something, it's very difficult to just eat it dry. Yeah. I I happen to disagree. I, I do like dipping sauces with French fries, but for example, on the car ride home, I'm not dipping anything. I'm just grabbing them right out of the bag. And I feel like I do that more than I eat them just sitting down. So if I'm at a restaurant. Why are you eating fries in the car, fat ass? <laughs> can, can move a conversation, can it? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you dip seasoned fries? I don't like seasoned fries. But do you dip them? They're already they're already glorious. I think so. It's very difficult to have a French fry without ketchup. Let's be honest. I'm no McDonald's Burger uh, Burger King. Wind, I dip all those fries. I don't dip Checkers fries. Mm. Man, that's a mistake. I disagree with you guys, man. I think there's just something good about eating a French fry right out of the bag. And not dipping it into anything. Like I'm not saying I don't, I don't like understand. ketchup. How often are you eating them out of the bag? What are you? What's going on with you, Chubbs? It's always baby pictures. <laughs> this new salon is a ploy. Why are you acting like it's it's so out of the norm to just eat French fries out of a bag? I mean, you, you well, get how even. How often are you eating them out of a bag before you like? Even if you get home, of, even if you get home, sometimes I'll just take the burger out. And and I'll leave the fries in the bag. But why are you why are you stopping for fast food every night, Fatso? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? <laughs> you don't want the rest of the statistics? Oh no, yeah, please. Thirty nine percent say they're best with ketchup. Where mm-hmm. you guys fall. Seven percent dip French fries in barbecue sauce. Yeah, I like that. Six percent dip them in sweet and sour sauce. <laughs> okay. And two percent dip them in all other sauces. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> one more uh one more food related story a real quick one here oreo did you guys see this they're launching yeah. a limited edition cookie that comes stuffed with another oreo basically <laughs> right? it's, it's a whole bunch of cream but what? also it's 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 stuffed like a regular oreo with cream but also uh minced oreo cookies you know more like a cookies and cream if you will Hmm, that sounds good. Yeah, they're, it looks delicious. They're calling it the most Oreo Oreo, and uh, it hit shelves on Monday. 
All right. Your weather <laughs> <laughs> just got destroyed this segment. Man. That was funny, man. You reeled me in, though. You ended up victorious at the end. Uh, from the Demesman and Dover Law Firm, youraccidentattorneys.com, free consultations. By the way, I'm well-nourished, okay? it's not. I'm not fat. I'm well-nourished. <laughs> 866-954-MORE. I can't drive three miles without stopping at a fast food place and hit the drive-thru. It's one of life's great pleasures, just buying fries and eating them as you're driving. In my opinion, I, I really do. I, be, I believe that wholeheartedly. All right. If you say so, Tubby. Right now in South Florida, partly cloudy. Tonight, the lows will drop into the mid-60s. That is your weather. I'm going to go throw up. <laughs> um, in the next segment, so if you were listening today in the 3 o'clock hour, I tried to get Solana to fire up the uh, food on a stick list with our guest who was the top dog hot dog. Man, how do you explain this show to someone who hasn't heard it? Dog, hot dog. Yeah, General Grant, top dog, hot dog. I mean, just a lot going on. But anyway, we've got for you his list of the top 10 foods on a stick. And you may have gotten a little precursor to it in this segment, if you know, you know. So don't go anywhere. We're going to laugh in the next segment, I promise you. You're listening to the Hawk and Crowder Show. <laughs> Hawk and Crowder. All right, 5 o'clock hour is the Funky Buddha Happy Hour. Brought to you by our friends at Funky Buddha Brewery. Good vibes on tap. So, we have had fun today. I mean, legit fun. <laughs> but in the 3 o'clock hour, it's so hard to set all it up, so I'll just assume you heard it, but... In the three o'clock hour, we brought on a guy who is the president of the Hot Dog and Sausage Council. I forgot what it What's his name? E? Is it Eric what? Anybody know? Eric Mittenthal. 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 The Hot Dog um, Top Dog. The Hot Dog Top Dog. And during the, the interview with him, uh, I had kind of launched up for Solana because he had mentioned, Crowder had asked him about corn dogs, and he said, you know, it's meat on a stick, what's not to like? And then I launched up to Solana. Oh, perfect time for you to do your on a stick gag. <laughs> but he didn't, he didn't deliver. He got caught in the air. He wasn't. So we're going to play it for you of what I was referring to. So uh, without further ado, how, this has got to be three, four years ago, Solana? Yeah, this was like early 2020, I think. And this was what? This was just your top 10 foods on a stick? What What happens, and you'll hear it kind of play out, but uh, I always put just random stuff on a show sheet, and you had noticed that that was on the show sheet for several weeks or months maybe, and you had never gotten to it, and you just stumble into it. All right, so here it is, Alejandro Solana's top 10 foods on a stick. There's so much stuff in the uh, in the show sheet that I, like I don't even know what to get to first. On uh, on five sixty no on seven ninety the uh, those CBS Sports updates air and Jim Rome did a funny take you know Magic Johnson he turned sixty and so he released all these top sixty lists <laughs> and it's I mean like 
I, I don't know when he compiled these. And there, I mean, Jim Rome had a great take on this stuff. And then there's another list that Solana included here on the show sheet, which is right in my wheelhouse. Food on a stick survey. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. I don't have it. Okay. Food on a stick survey. A new survey asked Americans to name their favorite food served on a stick. What do you think the number one food on a stick is? Popsicle. Great guess. That is a great guess. And if I had working phone lines, I would go to the phones and have people guess. But we don't. Corn dogs. Corn dogs. More people like corn dogs than popsicles? Popsicles is number two. See, I, I got kids, so cake pop popped up in my head. Cake pop is number six. Mm. Number three is a kebab. Oh, yeah. Right. A sucker. No, not on there. Suckers ain't on there? No. Suck- yeah, suckers are, are lollipops. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I call I call lollipop. No, you're right. Suckers, no, yeah. I I knew that. I mean, it just, I just I didn't see it. That's there. a Midwest thing, though. That's not. You're from the South. That's not a, a Southern thing, is it? Suckers? Yeah, I, I say lollipop too. Sucker just popped. I say both of them. Number four, caramel apples. That's a good one. Yeah, that's on a stick. Caramel? No, no good if it's not on a stick. <laughs> caramel. Caramel. <laughs> We've done this. <laughs> I question everything about my career when I've gotten back to how do you pronounce caramel? Do you if mean you were, caramel? If you were listening earlier, we were talking about, you know, eating hot dogs right out of the package. And Crowder goes, well, this is inarguable. You can. And I, I go, no, there's nothing that's inarguable, Jack. That's my entire career. Arguing nonsense. Most of it. Stuff that shouldn't be argued. Said it questions every fiber in your body. My radio fibers are built on arguing anything and everything. For those of you that are new to the show, my right hand to God, Crowder and I, we love to argue. I think it's part of what makes the show fun. And we do this off the air via text. Like, we just like to argue about (laughs) things. I once played the greatest trick on Channing Crowder that a radio host could ever play. I, uh... He was in one of these moods where he, whatever I said, he was going to take the other side. Anything. So I started talking about how his work ethic and his mindset propelled him to a career in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And he argued against it. (laughs) My right hand to God. Am I lying? No. He argued against his work ethic and his mindset. Because he just wanted to argue with me. They're not going to be like me. It's the wrong approach. <laughs> so you're arguing against yourself? The hell with me. The uh, the top ten foods on a stick, according to this survey. Corn dogs one, popsicles two, kebabs three, caramel apples four, lollipops five, cake pops six, fruit kebabs seven. Mm-mm. I didn't even know there was such a thing. No, that's the ones with the with the fruit salad on a stick. But where, I mean, where have you seen that? Nobody eats that anymore. I mean, I sometimes I you'll get like an edible arrangement, and that's then, what it is. Yeah. Though, right? yeah, like a pineapple. Cheesecake on a stick. is eight. <laughs> what? Sticked cheesecake? Who the hell's eating cheesecake on a stick? Isn't that cake pop? But I mean, it's never cheesecake though. Mm-mm. Pie pops are number nine. Pie pop. 
What what the hell is a pie pop? <laughs> That's nothing. It's nothing. There's no such thing as pie pop. And number ten. <laughs> if it comes after pie pop. Did you make this list up? <laughs> he made it up. Did you make this up or did you get it somewhere? No, I got it somewhere. Number ten. <laughs> uh oh. I, did, I didn't even look at this before I started reading. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. <laughs> Number 10 is other <laughs> other foods on a stick. Come on, man. <laughs> you can't make a list. <laughs> the last one is everything else. <laughs> other foods on a stick, whatever they may be. <laughs> <laughs> You're ridiculous. That's why we never heard of pop pop. <laughs> and pie is mushy. You made that up. Did you make that up? No, I swear <laughs> I didn't. I swear. <laughs> it's like a frozen banana that's on a right. stick. They like there's at the gas station. Yeah, like yeah. there's. A, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> pie pops. It <Pie> <laughs> topped only by other foods on sticks, whatever they may be. <laughs> Silly. What else can you put on a stick? I mean, you go to the South Florida Fair, just about anything. Yeah, they have pretzels. They have those churros. On oh, sticks. churros! Yeah, no, yeah, they do. No churro on a stick? I, I think they do. Yeah, and they and you churro it on a stick, and then you stick it down in chocolate or something. Churro. I call it churro. That was my first Spanish textbook when I started studying it in middle school. Churros y chocolate was the name of the textbook. Next textbook was called Other Foods on Sticks, whatever they may be. Churro Chocolate. That was a child's book. Churros y Chocolate. That was a children's book. That was my middle school Spanish book. No churros on a stick, bro. Churros. Just, it, yeah, but there's no, there's, no, there's no pie on a stick, and, and there's no... Pie pops. Cheesecake on a stick. Does corn count? I mean, there, uh, oh, nah, because it's never bit. on a stick, though, is it? Yeah, oh, you know what? It is. Corn edge. on the cob. You get that on the uh, at like the South Florida Fair, the, the Miami Dade Youth Fair, or whatever. I yeah. cut my corn, so I don't know. Hey, man, did, I don't know when did am I am I am I in trouble or I'm slow? When did this damn Mexican street corn blow up? That's the hot new thing, man. Remember, avocados came in, and then all of a sudden it was avocado everything. The pumpkin spice thing we learned today, they're doing pumpkin spice spam or whatever. Mexican street corn is the hot thing right now. Because I'm usually behind on all the trends. <laughs> so when I, when I this stuff started popping up with that sauce on it, and the, one place I went had like, co- like uh, fried coconut crumbles and stuff. Man, it is amazing. Mexican street corn. That is the thing right now. All right, we uh, got to take a break. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that was that was delightful, Solana. I don't know if you're responsible for that or not, but that was at that like that sh- that ending shocked me more than the departed. <laughs> really? I was blown away by the ending there. Other foods on sticks, whatever they may be. <laughs> Top nine and ten is everything else. I don't think you get lists, Solano. That's great. There you go. We are back live. I, you know what's so genius about that is it's not just other foods on a stick. It's he punctuates it with whatever they may be, which just in, encompasses anything. He doesn't even have to think of a food on a stick. He's like yeah. saying other foods on a stick, 
whatever you can come up with. That's the genius in that. <laughs> That's so um, funny. You couldn't get it today, though, in the three o'clock hour, Solana. You couldn't. Uh, you just couldn't get there. I'm not great on my feet when put on the spot. <laughs> and when I, I'm telling you, I blanked. I couldn't think of popsicle. I couldn't think of cheesecake on a stick. Couldn't right, think of anything. You just attacked the guy over <laughs> over corn dogs. It was a really funny. I'm telling you, if you don't have the Odyssey app, you should download the Odyssey app. It's A U D A C Y. If you do have it and you didn't hear the three o'clock hour today, the way that. Solana, I guess, felt cornered by not being able to get to a punchline. The way that he uh, resolved it was to attack our guest on the phone. It's funny to me. <laughs> I don't even talk about this anymore. Yeah, just kind of dismissed him. Okay, buddy, meat on the stick. It's enough with corn dogs. Like the guy's president of the entire hot dog association. <laughs> Man, this goes to anger so quickly. Uh, it was really funny. Man. It's uh, uh I, I think it's it's misleading because you sent me to hot dog on a stick in Las Vegas at the Oh yeah, that's right. The dungeon, the Thunder Dungeon or whatever yeah, it's called. The fun dungeon. And the I was dungeon. I don't know why, but I was expecting something different than a cor- it was just a corn dog. So why not just call it corn dog? Why is it right. hot dog? That's on a stick? where you were trying to get with that. I didn't. I yes. Okay. Now it makes a little more sense. I just thought you were yelling at him. You were actually referencing another time <laughs> we talked about foods on a stick, but you didn't say that. You just yelled at him for corn dogs. It's enough already. <laughs> but now that makes some sense because I did when he was in uh, when he had to go to Vegas for a Dolphins game. I sent him to the Fun Dungeon, which is just at that (laughs) god awful Excalibur. I mean, just smells like a cigarette. But uh, he he had to go there to have hot dog on a stick, which is a corn dog. But I remember being so um, inquisitive when he came back because he was like, "It's not a hot dog on a stick. It's just a corn dog." And I kept saying, you were picturing an actual hot dog just on a stick? Like, just a plain hot dog that you would walk around on a stick? That would look weird. Right? It was so odd. Like, to think that that's the part he got hung up on. (laughs) You know, it's not that it was a corn dog place, but it was like he was expecting just to walk around with a hot dog on a stick, which is really unappetizing when you think about it. Very. There you go. Anyway, uh, it was a a fun segment in the 3 o'clock hour. Today's show has been fun, period, end of story. Just been fun. You're listening to the Hawk and Crowder Show. Vix Vaparu. Hawk and Crowder. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.